Let's go. Escobar on the beat. King Legend Talks. Fire Radio. 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 King Legend Talks. Talks, man. Shout out to shout out to you for being here. Thank you, man. Appreciate you having me on. Not a problem. Not a problem. So, Tony Peck, I've been following you for a minute on Instagram, and I've been seeing your motivational speeches every time you go live. I've been checking out your content. It's been awesome. It's brilliant. Uh, very, um, very influential to say the least. Appreciate that, um, man. It means a lot. Thank you. Not a problem. So, I'm really interested in your story, brother. Like uh, the the roots of where it all started. So let's take it take us back to the Bronx, New York, where you was born, and uh, let, let's talk about it. There we go. You already know. So you already know the the roots from the Bronx, New York, and I come from an Italian American household where you know did the Sunday dinners every Sunday with the, my grandparents and my cousins, and uh, you know my dad, working class guy, and worked in the union all his life. Didn't go to school. Not an entrepreneur. Nothing like that. So I didn't come from anything where it's like holy shit. Look at Tony now. It's I built it all myself, right? He didn't have any connections. It wasn't any money to give me. It was just, you know, he just taught me how to work hard. That was the biggest thing that my father taught me, honestly. And he was one of my biggest role models for that. Mm. You know, at some point in my life, he was working three jobs, you know, a day. So just to see wow. him being up before the sun and being home way later than the sun goes down, it's like, fuck, I got to get my shit together, right? So, you know, even as a kid, I was very entrepreneurial, always trading uh, the Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I was flipping those in uh, grammar school. And I started I working at Pizzeria. Yep, there you go, you know. And then uh, in grammar school, I started working on my grandfather's pizzeria. He had a little pizzeria when I was younger. He got rid of it when I was in, uh, right in the beginning of college. But I started working there. And then in high school, I started working with him a little bit more. I started working at a restaurant as a busboy. And I would, I would actually uh, drive up to Pennsylvania with uh, my friend and his mother. And we'd go to flea markets and buy BB guns in PA because they were illegal in New York. And we'd sell them to kids in high school. So wow. I was always figuring out ways to make money when I was young because – at the end of the day, my daddy gave me everything I needed, you know, food, clothing, shelter, but anything extra, that was on me. You know, even in high school, if I want to go to the movies, it's not like, dad, give me 20 bucks. It's You can go, but mm. you're on your own, kid, you know? So always had to figure out a way to do what I got to do. And, you know, a lot of that was just me figuring out stuff in high school. You know, I was doing, I was kind of like a bookie. You know, I was doing the football sheets. I was doing the March Madness brackets. I was big on that in high school. And that even extended through college. Then while I was in school, I went to Fordham Prep in the Bronx. 
And from there, you know, my dad, like I said, he didn't go to college. So he told me, listen, you got to go to college because he thought that was the best chance for me to get opportunity for him in life, which you know, I respect that for. He just wanted it better for me. Mm. So when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do in school, I had no fucking idea. I just wanted to make money. I always did. I was really big on that even when I was younger. And I always had this idea I wanted to be a businessman. You know, I wanted to suit the briefcase, being on the phone all the time. That was like an ideal dream Tony in the future. Mm. And I don't know how, but I ended up picking engineering. Because I said, you know what? I don't want to be in school for long. And I heard engineering is four years. You're in and out. You're done. You get a job and it's pretty good pay. Like 60 grand to start. Back then, I was like, holy shit, that's fucking amazing. And I don't have to do four years. I'm in. Sign me up. I'm good at math and science. I'll figure it out. Mm. So I ended up going to Manhattan College. They're a school in Riverdale in the Bronx. And, you know, they have a really good engineering program. But uh, lo and behold, freshman year of college, I was in the dorm room with a few of my buddies. And we got into conversation talking about Bill Gates. You know, how much the guy makes like per minute. And it was yeah. fucking disgusting. You know, we're talking about like 80 grand a minute, whatever the hell the number was. It was like insanity. And we're sitting there and I, it came to my head. And it's like, why can't that be me? You know, like what makes this guy, the regular dude from the beginning, why can't that be like us? Why can't we make something that makes us money now? So when we right. graduate, we have a leg up on everyone else. And, you know, it kind of brushed off a lot of my friends, but I kind of took that to heart and that kind of really bit me in the ass. It was like, okay, I got to figure some shit out. So I started my first company when I was a freshman in college. Uh, one of my friends from college just actually hopped on the live. Hazzy, how are you? His name is Mike. And uh, he remembers this. I had a lip balm company freshman year. And I would literally go dorm room to dorm room trying to sell it. And, you know, it, it wasn't super successful. You know, I made a few, few thousand bucks, a couple of, you know, tens of thousands, nothing crazy. But I mm. learned a lot. That was the biggest thing. You know, how to open up an LLC, business credit, you know, all that type of stuff. Insurance, how to sell to people older than you that don't believe in you. And why would they buy from you? You know, so that, that was a big lesson that, that really taught me in school. And it kind of got my name out there in college, too. It kind of made me the entrepreneur in my college. So whenever I'd go out to bars on the weekends, everyone would come up to me, and they would literally, you know, talk to me about business. And I was like, I'm not here to talk about business, but it was awesome, and I really enjoyed that. So that was good. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, come junior year of college, I said to myself, listen, I got to be around people that I want to be like. You know, college isn't cutting anymore with the people. They're just college kids and stuff. And you're not meeting anyone that's like a millionaire. You're not meeting anyone that you want to meet and become. So I said, you know what? I got to figure out somewhere that I can go to meet these types of people. And at the time, you know, country club's an option. Couldn't afford that. I'm a college kid at the end of the day. You know, even though I was, I was doing a bunch of shit in college, making money, still couldn't afford it. I said, you know yeah. what? What about cigar lounges? And I never smoked. I was actually in good shape, believe it or not. You're not going to believe me when I was in college like a powerlifter. Obviously, I don't look like that anymore. Obviously, We all come from somewhere. Life. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. So I said, you know what? I can probably do cigars. I can buy like an 8 to $10 cigar. And I'll learn more about cigars. And I think guys that smoke cigars make good money. Like you assimilate cigars with wealth, right? So I used to hop on the one train in Manhattan College and I would head into New York City. Right out of Grand Central, I'd go to Nat Sherman. And it was the best thing I did. I used to tell my friends to come with me in the beginning and they would laugh at me and they would say, what am I going to go sit around and jerk off old men? I swear to God, that's what they would tell me. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to go fucking try it out and see what happens. And I would go to Nat Sherman. I didn't know anyone there. And I didn't know anything about cigars. Let me tell you, man, it was fucking scary to walk into those places where you don't know no one and you don't know anything about what you're even supposed to do there. Mm -hmm. But I'd go in, I'd get a cigar, and I'd sit next to a bunch of the guys. Now, these guys, the way Nat Sherman is set up, no one there knew each other, which is great. You know, there would be like six or seven guys sitting down around each other, but no one was really communicating because who's reading the magazine, who's reading the newspaper, who's on the phone. And I would sit and I would just talk to someone that looked the most likely willing to answer me. And mind you, everyone there is 40, 50, 60 years old. I wasn't even, I was like, I don't even know if I was 21 at the time when I started this. Mm -hmm. And I would just say to them, hey, I heard that was a good cigar. You know, you got any recommendations? I'm a new cigar smoker. And the guy's like, yeah, sure. You know, you should try this, that. And then the guy next to him would start chiming in. Oh, what about this? You should try that. And then lo and behold, all of them would start chiming in. 
And you know, then they would ask me, hey, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a college kid. I'm like, oh shit, you're my son's age, you're my daughter's age. And they would start teaching me about business because their kids didn't want to listen to them because, you know, that's their parents. So, of course, whenever your parents tell you something, it's not as likely for you to listen to it as if someone you look up to is telling you, right? So, and it's I, funny. I, I don't mean to cut you off. So, it's like you went in there for cigars and you end up getting a business opportunity from learning from them and them mentoring you. So, it's like conversations through cigars, basically. Yeah. Cigars changed my life. I mean, that was the best opportunity to learn how to network, how to be around older guys that – especially when I was in college, I had no value to give these guys either, man. Like it was just, I'm just a college kid. Like I'm trying to learn cigars. Can you guys teach me? And they mm. would just teach me about insurance, real estate, business, stocks, everything that they knew they would just, we just talk about it. Cause I was so fucking interested. And I genuinely, I wanted to be like a sponge and just learn. And while I was yeah. in college, I started going to lounges more and more. I stopped going on the weekends come senior year. I would spend all my time in the cigar lounge on the weekends during the weekdays. I've had a day off. I'd just be in the city all day at a cigar lounge. And I would go and I'd just like network as much as I can. By the time I graduated, I started building up a pretty good network of people I was smoking cigars with. I met the Prince of Finland. I spoke with Rudy Giuliani. I'm friends with the owner of Bacardi. He's still a good friend of mine today. I'm actually seeing him tonight. And, you know, we stayed in Tushin's College, which is crazy. That's four years ago I graduated. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated, I said, you know what? I'm meant for more. I'm not meant to be an engineer to go work somewhere, work for someone else. I have the degree. If I ever need it, that's my worst backup. You know, I'm 22. I can live at home for a bit. I can build up my nest egg and then I can build a business from there and then go do what I got to do. Right. Mm. So I graduated. I know what the fuck I was going to do. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, I hope a lot of people that listen to this, they understand and realize you don't need to know what you're going to do. I tried so many different things and that's where success lies in trying as much as you can to see what doesn't work and see what will work for you and just build upon slowly what's working and tweak it and adjust it to what you want to do in the long term. For me, I tried so many more things that failed the things that succeeded. And I think that's where, why I am where I am at this point in my life. And I think a lot of people, they don't get that, that you're going to have to fail a hundred times, maybe succeed twice. So mm. that, that was one thing I learned really early on, luckily, because that, that put me in the position now at a younger age. But fast forward to me graduating college, didn't know what I was going to do. So I said, you know what, fuck it. I have a little nest egg built up. I'm going to trade penny stocks. So bought a few courses, taught myself how to trade penny stocks. And I was doing that. And I had so much time, man. You can only trade from like 9.30 to 11 and like three to four because of the volatility of the market. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? I got to do something else. I feel like a fucking bum almost. I'm not doing anything all day long. And I said, you know what? Let me make my first Instagram page. So I made my first account. I called it Ace of Trading. And the whole premise was in case I wanted to select a trading course in the future, I was going to build the Instagram page and be able to market through there. So I was reposting mm-hmm. like motivational quotes, nice houses, nice cars, nice watches, things that motivated me out of post. I ended up taking my first account and I ended up making 14 other Instagram accounts. And within four months, I had over a quarter million followers. Now, this was four years ago. This is in 2016, like September, October, I started doing this. So come the beginning of 2017, I had all these ACE accounts and I had all these followers. And I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Like I said, I was just doing this on the side while I was doing the stocks mm-hmm. just to try to you know, do something else. And people started reaching out to me. Hey, can you post this picture on your page? Sure. I would say, yeah. And they were like, how much? I don't know, $3. I'm like, okay, what's your PayPal? And they would send me money to post a fucking picture on my page. Mm-hmm. Now, this is super new to me back four years ago. Like a lot of people weren't doing this. I'm like, this is pretty cool. I'm making money from posting other people's shit. So I kind of doubled down on that. And long-term people started reaching out to me. Hey, can you grow my page? Sure. Hey, can you manage my page? Sure. And then it kind of became into something that needed more and more services. I have two business partners now, my business partner, Mike and Fran. And now we have a team of 17 in New York where our office is located and we do everything from growth to management to content to ads to strategy to press to consulting and mm. to even print. Now we own a print company too. 
And it's just an amazing journey from the start to where we are now. And, you know, like I said, we're just getting started. And I know you've seen, you know, we've been featured in Forbes, Yahoo. I've been on TV before. I've been flown over the country to speak, to do content for people. And it's it just, you know, it, it's a surreal thing from what I took from social media and to what it is now. And, you know, the whole name of the company is Why Not You Media? Because why not you? Why can't you become who you want to be? Nothing's stopping you but you. You know, that's been the mentality we've had since we started is why not us? You know, what, the, what makes us any different from the people that self-started and built their own brand and their own business and became a titan in the industry that separates them from us? Nothing. You know, we've just been able to leverage social media the right way. So we help people that we work with do the same. Absolutely. Man, that's awesome. That's an incredible journey from all the way from the Bronx to where you are at today, man. Um, so let's talk about being successful, the mindset. Um, what do p successful people have in common when they wake up in the morning? So for you, what are some of the things you do, like your morning routine, to get your day started? You know, I don't think that's a great question for me right now. The pandemic definitely threw off my morning routine, so to say. Uh, mm -hmm. Right now, every day that I have is just so different. It's difficult to get in a routine. And I think for entrepreneurs that are listening and tuning in, when you're in an industry like mine where I'm, you know, shaking a lot of hands, kissing a lot of babies, the days change so often where I might have an early meeting one day. Sometimes I have meetings that keep me out till one in the morning, two in the morning. So it's tough to have an early meeting. I get the day started really early. So the yeah. days change, but bottom line is a sense of urgency. You know, I'm always working where there's someone working against us at all hours of the day. Even if they're not, we don't have really any competition in Westchester, but I'm working like there's 17 other companies better than us that we're trying to chase and break down, right? So mm -hmm. I think urgency is a big thing that I've seen a lot of successful guys that I know. But I, I really think some of the biggest things is being known and having a, a network that's deep and wide. And like I said, people that know you that you may not even know. I think that's an invaluable asset. I think that's built a lot of our success in our business for sure. How many people just know me, how many people just know our brand, where you can leverage that the right way. You can just turn into so much money in the long term. It's not always a short-term play. And I think a lot of these older guys that are successful too, they understood that from the beginning where it's not a play for now. You have to think about the long term. And if you stay consistent with something for so long, things will build exponentially. But a lot of the times people give up too soon. You know, my yearbook quote, this is funny, in high school, my yearbook quote was, uh, I think I'm going to like sum it up. I don't know the exact verbs, but a guy tried to hit a stone, hit it 99 times, and he gave up because he couldn't break through. Another mm. guy comes, hits it one time, breaks through the diamonds in there, right? Because you never wow. know how close you are to success. And a lot of times, some people may give up right before that breaking through point. So you should never stop when you're on the journey because it's just going to slow down where you need to get anyway. You already put the time in. Just keep on fucking going. Whether it's two weeks, two years, you already started. Just don't slow down at any point because it's just going to prolong you potentially having that breakthrough. You know, I've been in my business now full-time at Why Not You Media for two years, you know, making this, fe this February made two years, literally, which is amazing. But mm. even before then, everything that I did prior has led up to what I'm achieving now. You know, three years before, that's when I started, or two years before, that's when I started on Instagram. And then when I was in college four years before then, I started my lip balm company as an entrepreneur. And then before then, when I was in high school, I was entrepreneur selling things. So the success people see of me now has come since I was a kid back in the seventh grade working and mingling and doing sales. You know, I've learned so much from then to now and been able to apply so many different things to celebrate the rate of success that I can achieve so much time at. You know, I think one of the biggest things too is I don't call it sacrifice anymore because I enjoy doing it. But, you know, when I graduate college, mm -hmm. I didn't go out on the weekends anymore, man. Like the last four years, you don't, I don't go out. You can't go out. Like these are the weekends you got to use. If you're not where you want to be in life, that's an extra 24 hours at least for you to take and build further, especially if you had a job. If you're watching this and you have a nine to five, 
you need to take advantage of every hour you can when you're nine, you're nine to five, which means every weekend there's 48 hours on a weekend. No reason you can't be doing 12 hours of work per day on the weekend. That's going to give you an extra 24 hours. That's giving you an extra 26 weeks of full-time work. Think about that. That's 50% more than the average person is going to be doing on a work week. If you just work 12 hours a day, every Saturday and Sunday, then you can take the hours at night. That's what I used to do after work. I go straight to the cigar lounge and I just network and do work and just learn. And I do that for six hours a night and I'd go home sleep, wake up and do it again the next day. You know, commuting. If you commute and you have a job and you want to get out of it, stop listening to the fucking radio. You shouldn't listen. You should be listening to podcasts like this, you know, and you should be listening to it on two times the speed. So in one hour, you can con- digest two hours of podcast information. That's what I used to do. You know, stop watching TV. It's not making you any money. You know, stop watching sports. It's not making you any money. You know how much time I wasted on fantasy football a few years ago? I couldn't even tell you the hours and the days that I've wasted on fantasy football. And, you know, cutting out little things like that, that's going to make you grow exponentially over time. Absolutely. I agree with that 100% because a lot of people got to realize when you're so, so in these like media, it's like a distraction stopping you from pursuing your goals without you even realizing it because you actually enjoy doing that. But at the same time, you're losing out on days, losing out on months. It, it adds been, up, man, real quick. Yeah, people does. don't realize it. Like those commutes you're doing to work every day, let's say, right? If you have mm-hmm. a commute one hour a day, one way, that's two hours a day, five days a week, that's 10 hours. That's another 40 hours a month. That's another full work week. You know, like yeah. that's a full work week of time. What are you doing during that, at those, those 40 hours? Are you consuming information that's going to help you get further or just digressing and staying stagnant? You got to leverage every minute that you have because we're all on borrowed time at the end of the day. Not to be mm-hmm. morbid, but it's the reality and the fact of the matter. So you got to take advantage as much as you can to be able to take that and snowball into something bigger over time. Gotcha. So I got my next question for you. What advice would you give someone when it comes to overcoming his or her fears uh, when it comes to pursuing their dream? You know, the biggest thing that I've seen objection-wise for people and why they don't go after what it is that they want is the fear of the thoughts of others. You know, I've definitely seen that time and time again for myself, uh, for so many of the people I've worked with, so many people that work with me now. It's, you know, the biggest fear is, I'm afraid of what other people are going to think of me. That's, I think, the number one biggest fear. And I think it comes down to even fundamentally, people are afraid to fail, not because they don't want to fail. I don't, I don't think it even comes down to that anymore. They're afraid to fail because they don't want others to see that they fail and make fun of them. But at the end of the day, you should be laughing at those that don't try. Because if you're not trying, you're never going to have success. If you try and you fail, there's no reason you should be afraid of that to happen to you. It's the yeah. fact, it's reality. You're going to fail. I fail so many more. Like, you know, my friend Joe, he's in here right now. He's known me through college. I can't tell you how many times I've failed to get to where I am right now to talk to you like here. And it's just, I, I just can't grasp why people are so afraid of the thoughts of others if, they're, if those people aren't helping or contributing to their success. If they're not going to take you to where you want to be, who gives a fuck about what they think? It doesn't make sense to me. You know, the biggest thing I see people, they don't go after their dreams because other people don't believe in their dreams. At the end of the day, it's your dream and only your dream. You cannot expect anyone else in the world to believe in your dream like you're going to believe in your dream. It's not realistic. It's your fucking dream. Why would I believe in your dream more than you believe in your own dream? It doesn't make sense. You have to believe in it wholeheartedly, go after it, and then guess what? Once it starts getting to where you are and you start to become a little successful, then others are going to start believing in you. But by then, you don't give a fuck because you don't need it because you built it all by yourself without having others to believe in you. So I think the Absolutely. biggest thing is people need to believe in themselves, man. They, they need so much belief from other people that it holds them back. Don't, you don't need validity from anyone else but yourself. If you believe in something, 
and you want to do it, just fucking go after and stay with it. Like I said, cut out everything else that does not attribute to the success of that one goal. If going out on the weekends doesn't help you, then don't fucking do it. Absolutely. Simple. That makes too much sense, man. Absolutely. It's, it's easy, but it's not simple. You know, it's a <laughs> difficult thing to do. So I got a um, question for you as far as what, what do you look for in a person when they try to approach you? Um, like what, from a business set point, a mindset, when you see someone that's want to do business with you, uh, what are the first things you're looking at? Like those first impressions. So for me, I, I'm, I like, listen, I like to network with anyone, whether they can give me value or not. I'm always a big proponent of, you never know who people are going to know. And you know, when I'm, I'm talking to people for business, the biggest thing is I need to figure out what they want. You know, when I'm sitting down doing consultation to figure out how I can help someone, I don't know how I can help you if I don't know enough about you and your business. You know, what's your sales process like? What are your goals? What are your realistic expectations? Do you expect to become a millionaire by month three and you're paying me, you know, $200 a month? That's not realistic. Or are you expecting a lot more and then you're paying a lot more though too? So you got to really know who you're dealing with. And then from there, you can break it down and see how you can add value to them. You know, I'm big whenever I'm meeting people, even for the first time or doing meetings, I don't talk as much as I'm talking right now. Right now, I'm being interviewed. It's a little different. I get it. But the norm for me is I have other people talk more. And then I listen. And you have to listen. You have to be an active listener. I think listening is one of the biggest things a lot of people, especially the younger generations, don't know. And I'm only fortunate enough to learn about the whole listening strategy because of the cigar lounges. Like I said, I was going to lounges when I was 21. And all these guys are 40, 50, 60 years old. I pretty much sat there quiet and mute most of the time. And yeah. they would just spill knowledge on me. And I would leave from meeting them. And they would text me, hey, I had a great time with you. Like great time. I didn't fucking say a word, but they loved talking to me and they felt like yeah. that all the time. So being able to listen to people, I think that's a crucial, crucial ability. A lot of entrepreneurs need to learn, especially if they're selling because you can't like me, I'm not, I'm not a regular salesperson. I think a lot of salespeople are salesy. I'm mm. more, if I can't help you, I'm going to straight up tell you what I have. Doesn't, I have nothing applicable for you. I'll never try to push you on something I don't think you need or can use. And the only way that I know what you need and can use is by me having a conversation with you and learning more about you and what you have going on. Absolutely. You know, that, that kind of makes me think about my mentor back when I was in middle school, all the way back to middle school. I had a mentor and he asked us, he said, what's the difference between a smart person and a wise person? And it just kind of like had me stuck because I'm thinking they're both good, right? Like a smart person is good, a wise person is good, but what's the difference between the two? And so he came back and he told us, he said, uh, a wise person learns from the mistakes of others. A smart person learns from his own mistakes. So it's better to be wise so that way you don't have to make those mistakes. And I was like, Love that. mind blown, mind Love blown. That. So that's now good. that's like concept from what you did when you was back there listening to those 40, 50, 60 year old yeah. guys. It's like, well, you're learning from them. You're a sponge. You're really soaking them information. And, it, and in reality, that's what helps you get ahead quicker. Correct. You know, like um, achieving goals faster. That's how you accelerate the dream is what I call it. Because you really are learning from other people that have walked the path. Whatever it is you want to do. There's somebody that's probably done it already. You just got to figure out what they did wrong and also what they did right. So that way you can make sure you're walking in the right steps you need to take towards your dream and making it a reality. So um, I've always applied that little piece of mentorship like to everything in my life and it makes perfect sense. Why would you not want to educate yourself about what it is you want to do? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense to want to be a barber and not study hair. Like it, does, it doesn't, you know, um, 
you, you want to know everything about it, the business side of it, the marketing side of it. You know, you want to know everything. And, and, and that's what it really takes um, is that planning and consistency. You know, without it, I mean, what are you doing, really? You know, uh, so, yeah, that's, that's what I think about every single time I hear you talk about the cigar um, shop because it definitely brings me back to that. So let's talk about overcoming things that uh, that people would say you can't do. Like, for example, you, you mentioned in one of your articles I read about your speech impairment, you know, and public speaking. So let's talk about you becoming comfortable and, and being able to tackle on public speaking events, such as speaking at uh, BMW and um, Harvard and things of that nature. Let's, let's talk about that. Listen, first off, anyone listening right now, if you want to start your own podcast, you need to follow this man because he does his research. I can't tell you how many podcasts I've been on where the people don't really do much research and they just shoot from the hip. You know, I think that's an invaluable skill that you have where, you know, you apply learning about the guests before they hop on. That makes, I think, a great interview. I think that makes great conversation. You're really able to pick and choose what you want to talk about. So, number one, great job. The questions you're asking and the research you did. I really appreciate that. I notice things like that because I'm the same way, so I have a lot of respect for that. But I, I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's a great topic. A lot of people don't really bring that up. I haven't talked about that much. But when I was a kid, I had a speech impediment where I couldn't say certain words. I couldn't say the word drink. I would say dwink. I couldn't say truck. I would say talk. <laughs> and it's funny now, but I'd get made fun of, you know. And the reason was I only spoke Italian until I was four years old. So I didn't know English until I was like five. And wow. that fucked me up being able to speak when I was younger. And I used to get made fun of it all the time. So to think. Someone with a speech impediment, right? Someone that couldn't even say the word drink back in the day. I only could say drink. Was now speaking at these big places. You know, I've, I've spoken. I'm flown to California, the other side of the country. You know, I'm in New York to speak on fucking TV. And, you know, mm -hmm. actually, the funny thing is, right after I got off of that interview on TV in Cali, I did that story. And I said, listen, I just finished up an interview on TV in Cali. I got flown out here from New York. And I was a kid that had a speech impediment when I was younger. You know, I was shy. I didn't want to talk to people. Like, like, and, and now look at me, right? And, and it's just showing the mentality, why not you? Like, why can't you do things? Nothing is stopping you. Even if you have an impediment currently, currently and it never got fixed, that doesn't mean you can't be a speaker. I've heard a lot of different types of speakers with a lot of different, you know, uh, crutches, so to say, and it has not held them back because it's all in the, men it's all in the mind. You know, mm -hmm. if you think you can overcome what you want to overcome, then you will. Or if you're confident in what it is that you're doing, people are going to pick up on that vibe, that energy, and that confidence, and they're going to believe, and they're going to listen to you anyway. You know, impediment or not, even if you have one and you're preaching valuable information from your experiences for others to relate to, people will listen. But a lot of the times what I see is a lot of people are afraid because they don't have confidence in themselves. Even if you're a regular, like even if anything, I've seen so many times, man, people that have so much knowledge and skill in their industry, they're just afraid to talk in front of camera, in front of people, because it's a scary thing. It's not an easy thing. But listen, lucky for all of us, the easiest thing to do right now is social media, where you can just pull out your phone and do a video selfie story. Now, it's not the same as talking to a live audience, but just know people are watching. And it's a great way to slowly break out of your shell to become better at that. But like I said, if you don't want to become better, you just won't. It's more, of a, it's more of a conscious thing where you need to want to become better and to push through any obstacle that you have to actually pass through it. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Um, so my next question is going to be about the godfather of Instagram. What is it about being the godfather of Instagram that really stuck with you? So where did that name come from? So great question. So um, in the beginning days of my Instagram journey, I had all the ACE accounts, right? Like I was saying. 
And mm. before then, I was really big on Facebook. Like in college, that was one of my main platforms I was using was Facebook. And when I graduated, what I started doing was like posting uh, motivational quotes. Like I would write the quotes myself. They'd be my quotes. I would type them out, you know, just from stuff on my journey. And I started getting a good following on Facebook. And then those people from Facebook would follow me on Instagram. I started getting reached out to do Facebook lives in small, in different groups to talk about Instagram. So one day I was doing a live in a Facebook group and I was at the Cigar Lounge in Westchester smoking a cigar on the live. And some of the people were commenting, you're like the godfather of Instagram. Like you're wearing a tracksuit, you're smoking the cigar, you got all the jewelry on. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. I kind of liked it. But I said, you know what, I'm gonna put that in my back. I literally wrote it down in my notes, I swear to God. Cause I didn't want to use it at first. I thought it was like an aggressive thing, like the godfather of Instagram. I don't want to look like I want the fucking feds coming after me, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I put it in the back burner, put it in my notes. Maybe three, four months passed. I said, you know what? Let me throw that in my bio and see what fucking happens. Sure enough, it's become my brand. Like people will see me. They're like Godfather, Godfather of Instagram. Like some people say that instead of my name. Yeah. And it, it, it's just amazing that it, it took its own life. But at the core, fundamentally, it's just who I am. You know, I'm, I'm an Italian guy. You know, I grew up in the Bronx, like I said. And, you know, just, just the whole personality that I have, I'm a big dude. That's what people I was going to say. It. Like, you fit the description for it. Like, <laughs> exactly. You, you do it. Even in your profile picture, like, you look like the godfather of Instagram. <laughs> I think that's that. hilarious. Thank um, you. And it's funny that you mentioned the tracksuits because I saw a post that you made on LinkedIn. And um, it was about you just uh, being able to wear tracksuits to meetings. And people was like, well, who is this guy? Like, yep. he's not going to be able to do that. But you're being able to prove them wrong. So mm -hmm. how does it feel to be able to be that free in your your passion, you know what I'm saying, to do that? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people, and this isn't anything wrong or right, I think a lot of people do things to prove others wrong. I do things to prove myself right, which I think is starkly different because if you're out to prove people wrong, right, at some point, if you stay consistent and do what you got to do, you will prove them wrong. But then you might become stagnant because that's all you, that was your only objective. You're capping your own potential. You might be 52% of the way of your fullest potential, but you stop because, hey, I proved everyone that I said that I wanted to prove wrong. But when you're out to prove yourself right and set large goals for yourself, you're constantly going to be chasing your fullest potential, never be satisfied. So for me, I said, listen, when I'm building this brand on Instagram, I think the first thing, the hardest thing for me in the beginning when I first made my Instagram was what the fuck am I going to put out there? Like I, I didn't have anything going for me. I wasn't a business or anything. What am I going to showcase? So, you know, I'm just going to showcase stuff that I liked and who I am. So I didn't want to hold back who I was from the start just in case I did become larger and then I'd have to pretend to be someone that I'm not. Like if you meet me right now, we're having a cigar, I'm talking the same way to you, man. High energy, I talk fast, you know, and this is how I am. You know, I'm going to curse. That's just who I am. I didn't want to hold that back when I started yeah. building my brand. And I see so many people doing that when they're building a personal brand that they're building it with the, the mentality to do it for other people. It's a huge recipe for disaster long term because what happens if you do become big? Then you're a fugaze. It's not going to be you all the time because you're going to have to yeah. pretend to be this character that's not you. And it's going to make your success that much more difficult and you're not always going to become you all the time. So I think it's a big thing where you really have to set the goals that you want and just aim to prove yourself right time and time again. And I said from the beginning, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this the way that I want to do it. And, you know, I'm wearing the tracksuits. And listen, if people don't want to do business with me because I'm in a fucking tracksuit, then I don't need to do business with them. Because at the end of the day, yeah. I provided a value to them. I provided a service that I knew I could help them. And if you don't want me to help you all because of what I'm wearing, because that's my brand, then yeah. you're not going to get what I'm helping you do. Because I'm going to help you do the same thing, build your brand uniquely to you. But if you don't think what I'm doing is the right thing, then you're not going to listen to what I'm saying to you and tell you yeah. to be true to yourself because you might be telling me the same thing. Oh, I thought a realtor should be like this. No, no, no. You're you. 
you just happen to be a realtor. So that, that's the mentality I had in the beginning. And let me tell you, man, it got me a lot of attention going to these meetings in the track suits. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, you know, people are like, oh, shit, you know, he fucking I, I know that is. business environment. So when they see someone pull up in a track suit, that's like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it definitely turns heads. And the yeah. consistency thing, people re people respect the consistency thing. You know, yeah. and even when I, you know, the cigar lounge in the city, this is, a, this is a quick funny story. When I was going to the lounge in the city, it's called Lexington Barn Books. It's on 73rd Street and Lexington Ave. It's actually shut down now, sadly. But I was a member there from 22 to when they shut down because of the pandemic. So I've been a member there for a few years. And in the back, when you walk in, right, you turn left and it's the whole place, the whole venue. It's, it's long and narrow, the venue. And yeah. in the back, there's like a little velvet rope. Behind this velvet rope is a members-only area. So when you walk in, you look straight to the back, it catches your eye. It's like, yo, who's back there? The, the, yeah. the top guys are. Now, this is a lounge that is elegant attire only. That's what they say on the door. So everyone there is like in suits, you know, fucking tuxedos, dressed nice, nice. Now, me, I'm personable. I talk to all the staff, the waiters, the waitresses, the owner, the manager. And I was the youngest person there, the youngest member there by far. So people started to just gravitate toward me that worked there because I was so friendly with them. I built the relationships. They started letting me wear my tracksuits into the lounge. So I would sit in the back in the members only area, you know, 22, 23 years old in a fucking yeah. tracksuit. Now these older guys would walk in and they would see me and they'd be like, who the fuck is this kid in the back in a tracksuit? And it would literally get them to come up to me and they would ask, oh, is this your dad's membership? I'm like, no, this is mine. They're like, what do you do? And then we would start talking. And yeah. it, it just shows like attention is an asset and you just have to know how to best leverage it and how to best create it and then keep it and build upon it. Gotcha. That's awesome, man. So I'm going to ask you like two fun questions real quick, and I'm going to close the interview out with one question I ask all of my uh, special guests on the show. So the first fun question I'm going to ask you is you're in a house fire. It's a scenario. You're in a house fire. Uh, it's just you. I'm not going to include family or anything like that. You only can pick three items like to save in the house. What three items are you grabbing? Tough one. My phone, phone charger, and third one that's tough man that's a good one that's tough i don't know i'd probably have to say probably my i don't know definitely my phone and my, my charge is all i really need honestly that's all need. if i Car lost keys? everything else man that's all i need for honestly <laughs> wow cash and call it a day you know <laughs> i don't know if you were only charge is all you need man to build a business I, I can't stress it enough with the with the opportunities we have on social media it's that's what, that's what the world nowadays is really all you need like, and a tracksuit so i'm not naked and, and a tracksuit <laughs> so he said tony pack y'all he said if he is in a house fire he's grabbing these three items a phone a phone charger and his tracksuit so he's not <laughs> naked <laughs> that's hilarious my next one is if you were to um elected the president of the united states what would be one of the first things you would do to drive your campaign like as far as the marketing skills I would – that's a good question. I like that. I would definitely do something on the impactful side. I'm really big on charity and giving back. And I would probably really be gun ho and trying to push change in the educational system because I don't think it teaches you how to become you know, successful or giving people the opportunity to even try to become successful on their own. So yeah. I, I think that being a big advocate of really pushing to try to change that and then just making as much of a difference as I can financially in the lives of others because I had that influence. Listen, man. Getting attention and getting influence is difficult, but keeping it is the hardest part, honestly. Absolutely. Like, it's easier to get than this to keep. And I think we see this time and time again now on TikTok where you have these kids and these people, they blow up overnight. And what do they do after? Like nothing. Yeah. If you're consistent, you don't have a game plan after. Then it's just you're, you're a one-hit wonder and that's it. 
So I don't know if I was depressed. I definitely focus on something where it's, you know, charity and giving back type of type of thing. Cause I'm just so big and I just, enjoy, I enjoy doing it, man. I really enjoy the impact. And that's why yeah. I like, you know, going for more success because the more success you have, the more people can help. And it's fun to help people. The, the, the so, feeling I get when I help people, it, it may be selfish. I do because it makes me feel good, but it's like a selfless selfishness, you know? So I by agree. all means, if I can feel good and someone else can feel good, that, that's the way to do things. You know, that's so important that, that you mentioned giving back and things of that nature because, you know, one of the things they really don't teach in school, especially for the kids, is financial literacy. So yeah. I think that is so important, but it's a reason why they don't teach it. You know what I'm saying? I, I yeah. don't think they... They don't want it's everyone all, to we, have. We forgot, I agree. We forgot that. Like, no, yeah. it's all on purpose. It's purpose. I agree. Um, 100% even, I agree. When, even when you go to college, they're not, take, they're not really teaching you financial literacy. No, I just did a interview with a college kid right before we hopped on here, and we were talking about that specifically where it's, I don't think you need to go to school if you want to have a business because the teachers in business, yeah. don't, they haven't had a business. What the fuck do they know? They went to school to become teachers, to teach you out of a textbook. Listen, I'm in the Facts. business world. Nothing you can learn in a textbook has, will be able to brace you for what I fucking dealt with. It's impossible. You know, you're going to yeah. have to figure it out along the way. The most successful people in the world will say that. It's a lot of figuring it out. It's just part of it. That's business. That's the reality of being an entrepreneur and owning a business. And you don't need school for it. You need to have an unwavering hustle and determination. And you got to know people. And you, got people, you need to get people to know you. I think you can get really far with just those two things, even if you don't have a product or service to sell. You know, when I first started going to the lounge, I had nothing to sell. No value to add. I was just Tony Pack. That's it. That's I had nothing, nothing to give them. But I just yeah. had to build my network, and then you learn from what they were teaching you. And I think that's invaluable type of stuff right there that anyone can do. I don't care yeah. what fucking state you're listening in right now. There's a cigar lounge somewhere within driving distance of where you live that you can start going to, and I guarantee you're going to meet people that are going to help you long term. That, that's just how I look at things, man. If you look for it, you'll find stuff. Absolutely. Um, and then my final question, I'm going to ask you, Tony Peck, and this is a question I ask all my special guests because this is a very important question. On King Legend Talks, it's important because we talk about legacy. So when it comes to Tony Peck, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want people to remember you for? So my biggest thing is, and that's kind of what I play for, is the whole legacy thing where I'm really big on wanting to make an impact and impact while I'm alive, but more importantly, even an impact when I'm dead, where people can still learn about my journey and what I was able to do and hopefully they can take that and learn from themselves. But the biggest thing for my legacy is I want everyone, and I mean everyone in the world before I go, to understand the words, why not you? Because I think why not you, it's a mentality. And the most successful people in this world, I don't care who they are at some point in their lives, if they're self-made, they had to think, why not me? Why can't I be the next best NBA player? Why can't I be the next biggest tech company? Why not? And if people fundamentally understand that in any aspect of their life, whether you're an employee, you want to be the top performing employee, why not you? Whether you're in you know, a creative industry and you're doing arts, art and stuff, why not you? Why can't you be the best artist? There is nothing in this world stopping anyone except for yourself. The biggest crush you will have in life is your own mind. And if you get past that and push and understand you can achieve anything you put your mind to, you will achieve it. It will take time and it will take a lot of work, but it is possible. Wow, that was deep. That was real Appreciate deep. That. Definitely a dope person right here, y'all. This is Tony Peck, awesome individual. He is living up to his name, the Godfather of Instagram. So where can they find you, um, Godfather? Guys, you can find me on Instagram at T-O-N-Y-P-C underscore Tony Peck underscore. 
And listen, if you guys have any questions about your journey, about what you guys got going on, feel free to shoot me a DM. Um, I get a lot of DMs. Um, you know, just keep sending me messages. I don't get annoyed. I'm big on the follow-up game. Respect to you, too, to continually follow up with me. Because, listen, when people get a lot of messages, don't feel like you're annoying them. But if you guys have questions, shoot me a message. I'll get to it at some point. If you don't see me answering, just keep sending it over and over again. I'm not going to get bothered by it. Once I see it, I will answer. But I'm always happy to help out whoever I can. So if you guys are on the journey, you're struggling with something, and you don't know how to overcome it, or business questions, social media questions, marketing questions, shoot me a message. That's what I'm here for. That's what I do, and that's how I built my brand, by being accessible and helping others. So I'm never going to stop doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And one more thing, uh, where can people tap in with you on business? Same thing. DM me. Shoot me a DM. Okay. Or you can check out my website, www.whynotumedia.com. It's the letter Y, the word not, and the word you. A little confusing, I know. But uh, you can find us on there. You can shoot us a message on the, through the website, or you can shoot me a DM, and I'll get, out, get back to you regardless. Well, I appreciate your time, my brother. This of course. This is a wonderful uh, situation here. Tony Peck came through the Blessed King Legend Talks on iHeartRadio. Everyone, I appreciate y'all for being here, and y'all have a blessed day. Take care, guys. Hey everybody, it's your boy King Legend 757. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this interview. If you're interested in hearing more interviews or conversations just like this, do me a favor, follow the podcast on iHeartRadio or any other platform you may be listening in on. Also, do us another favor and go ahead and tap in on Instagram and hit King Legend 757 in your search bar so that way you can catch these interviews while we do them live with a live audience being you. So I appreciate you again for tapping into the interview and may God bless you and have a great 2021.